0: Fire Chris, don't you guys think? <laughs> it, might, it might be time to uh, fire Chris. Um, here at West Des Moines Open Bible, we, we do believe that you belong before you believe. Um, and what that means, I, wa- I want to say that because I can just tell you a, a phrase, you belong before you believe, and we can just say it and be like, oh, that sounds real cool, real nice, real friendly. Um, y- we love you, we care about you, before you even know who Jesus is in your life. Uh, you might not even think Jesus is important, but we want to hug you, we want to embrace you, we want you to know that you're worth it before you even know how much Jesus loves you more than us. You know? I can love you so much, but I can't even compare to show you the love that Jesus has compared to what I have for you, Right? And so you belong before you believe because... We want to show you a little bit, just a glimpse of who Jesus is. And we believe that because if you believe you are a saint, sinner, abused, abuser, a heartbroken person, a homeless person, a homebound person, a whore, lost, fearful, ADHD, liar, hypocrite, bastard lover, cutter, tweaker, junkie, alcoholic, alone, adopted, abandoned, addicted, leftover, divorced, disillusioned, LGBTQ+, old, young, cheater, wealthy, poor, wise, despised, infected, rejected, pierced and tatted, if you believe you're any of that but don't believe in Jesus or you're just a plain misfit, you're welcome here. This can be your home too. And so with that this morning, I I just want to share that with you because I believe somebody in this room needed to hear that, that it doesn't matter what label you've placed on yourself or who you think you are or who you believed you've been, you're Your belief is about to change because Jesus wants to put his name where your belief is. And he wants to transform you from being a liar to a Jesus follower. From being a hypocrite to a Jesus follower. From being just a saint. No amen there. From just being a saint to a follower of Christ. Like you are not called to just be a saint. That people say, oh, have you met Ben Carlson's mom? She's a saint. She is. I'll tell you that much. She is. But she's more than that, right? You're more than that, and so with that, this morning I want to dig in. It's Palm Sunday. We praised Jesus entering into this building. We gave him, we gave him all our glory. We raised our palms, right? We waved them side to side. We raised the roof, you know. We lit it on fire with Jesus. Um, we did all that because it's Palm Sunday. We laid down the foundation for Jesus to come into this city, but why did we do it? Why did we lay down our coat on the donkey? Why did we lay down our coat for the donkey to walk on to get into this place to meet you here today? Why did we do it? Did we do it because of what he can do for us or because of who he is? Man, I wrote a totally different message than what I'm saying right now. Here's the thing. Will you lay down your jackets? Will you lay down your goods? Will you lay down your life so that Jesus, because of who he is, not who he serves, not because of what he can do, not because he's brought you out of the darkness into the freedom, but because of who he is, because he's the son of God, you will welcome him into your life and lay down everything so he can stomp on it, so a donkey can poop on it, so a donkey can pee on it, so a donkey can do whatever, because he's got to come into your life. Because Palm Sunday, we celebrate that. That no matter what, he's going to enter in. No matter what it takes, he wants to break through your walls. No matter what's going on, he wants to conquer the demons in your life, because demons can't live where he resides. But that doesn't mean hard times can't sit where he resides, because guess what? He's entering into the last week of his life. He's entering into the capital city of Israel where they're going to put him on trial. They're going to they're convict him and they're going to crucify him. They're going to beat him. They're going to bash his head in. They're going to whip him with a cat of nine tails. They're going to rip skin, layers of skin off his back. You think you're worth more than that? Man, I don't even think I'm worth that sometimes. You know, I'm like, Lord, why do you have me go through all this crap? You know what Jesus said? You better than me? You better than me? I got you. Even in the middle of all the junk, even in the middle of all the turmoil, even in the middle of the situations, the deaths, the the things that you hate going through, in the middle of this thing we call life, he still looks at you and says, I am the way. I've got you. Put your faith in me in the hardest of hearts don't worry about your life. Don't worry about any of that. People are going to crap on you. I hate to be so crude, but they are. If you haven't had someone stab you in the back in this life, I got some people I can introduce you to. You know? It's okay. It's okay. I got people, you know my mom's maiden name's o'hara i got people (laughs) but that's the thing like like we really believe that we want to praise god because god look at all the good things you've done for me but god says no what what about the things i haven't done for you have you praised me for getting through those yet you know in luke 19 verse 28 it says this after telling this story jesus went on toward jerusalem Remember, today we're walking into Jerusalem. We're allowing the king of kings to walk into our life. And we're saying, never again are we going to be the same. And so Jesus is walking into Jerusalem. He's walking into the last week of his life. And he's walking ahead of his disciples. And verse 29 says this, As he came to the towns of Bethphage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he sent his two disciples ahead. Go into the village over there, he told them. As you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks why you are untying that colt, just say the Lord needs it. How many of y'all are willing to go to the grocery store, go ahead and pick up the, I don't know, um, a lamb chop and say this is for the Lord and walk out? You know? How many, how many of us are willing? I mean, he just did it. How a horse thief got death? Right? He walks, he sends his disciples to go steal a donkey. He said, let's face it, anything created in this world, we don't, we don't look at it. Anything created in this world, and I'm not saying go steal anything, don't hear that. That's bad information. Don't go steal something you didn't pay for, okay? But if the Lord of Lords, if Jesus Christ walked in here now and said, hey, I need some lamb for my last supper, would you go get it in any means necessary? And if he said, now just tell them, the Lord needs it. How many of us would be like, uh-uh, I got warrants? You know? <laughs> uh I'm wanted in 49 out of the 50 states. Thank you, Hawaii. You know? How many of you would say, you know what, I'm on probation? Or, you know what, that's not right. Or, you know what, Lord, let me remind you of the Ten Commandments. All right? The disciples didn't do it. They just knew to trust in the Lord. Trust that the Lord had their best. On the way into his last week, he sends his disciples in with information, with with a command, and they start walking in. We're not even there yet. I can't go there. So he gives them a command, and he says, hey, just tell them the Lord needs it. How many times has that worked for you? How many times when you're praying to God does he say, hey, guess what? I need you. How many times has it worked for God in your life? When he says, hey, I, I need you. The Lord needs you. And you're willing to let him catch a ride in your heart. In that moment, through that situation, in the turmoil, in the tragedy, in the minute, in the moments that that someone is literally persecuting you, stabbing you in the back, calling you names, saying the wrong things about you, being a hypocrite, whatever, in those moments, how many times are you saying, Lord, I'm willing for you to live in my life, I forgive them before they even do it. Have we been there? Have we said that? Have we literally stepped in and said, you know what, Lord, I forgive them before they even do it, before they even stab me in the back, even before they do any wrong to me. I forgive them because I gave you a ride on my back. I gave you a ride in my heart. I gave you a right. Your, your life is in me and through me, God, because you need me. How many times are we willing to step into this world, step into aisle nine, step into aisle eight, step into aisle three, Step into the, the road. Step onto Ashworth. Step onto Grand. Step onto, you name the road you listen, in, you, you live on. Step into that road and say, Jesus needs you to somebody else because he said it to you. Man, the Lord needs it. How many times are we willing to walk into a, into a new city, into an old city, into the city that wanted to kill us in the first place, and we walk in and we go, the Lord needs you. Because Jesus did that with a donkey. How much more will he do that with us? Y'all didn't catch that. <laughs> I just call this all donkeys. <laughs> but that's the reality, right? How many times are we willing to lay down our life, lay down our clothes, and say, Lord, whatever you have for me, I want. Even if that means someone's going to step on it, someone's going to step on my heart, someone's going to step on my brain, someone's going to step on my clothes, someone's going to make me look dirty, even though I'm clean because you live in me. Lord, I forgive them because they know not what they do. Before they even do it, after they do it, as they do it, Lord, it's all right, I forgive them. If we live that life, how much drama would be in your life? Ask that question, like seriously, step back, go, hmm how much trauma would be in my life if I forgave everybody in the moment that they did something and I still communicated with them? Man! You want to get heated up? You want to get on fire? You want to see Jesus live in your life? You want to see Him do some work through you? Start forgiving people before they do anything wrong to you. Start, start, stop holding, start, stop holding grudges. Start, start the ability to stop holding grudges. Start it. Stop calling people what they aren't called in Jesus' name. I am the way, he said. Are you making the way clear for someone else? I am the way. The great I am. See, God told Noah, no, Moses. Man, I always mix those two up. Um, God told Moses, as Moses is entering into Uh, Egypt to free the Jews he goes who should I say sent me and and God says I am who I am I am the great I am every time we say I am we're either saying God you're either the way or you're not the way for us and for someone else Jesus I want to live in such a manner such a way that says there's life wherever I go because I am the way has sent me I am the great I am sent me every single place I've ever been. He sent me on purpose, and I went on mistake. Ever feel that way? And here, we're just in this first set of scriptures, and Jesus is like, hey, go, go steal that donkey for me. Check this out. Verse 32, he says, So they went and found the colt, just as Jesus had said. And sure enough, as they were untying it, the owner asks them, why are you in my colt says that cult, but he was the owner so it's my cult if that was your cult what would you say some of y'all in your old days you would have pulled out a gun and said get away from my colt now you have a felony thank you thank you I like laughter but some of us are like why why are you why are you in my car the one-year-old car it's a It's a 2022, right? It's a brand new, what's a good car? Someone throw one out. Okay, something reasonable. (laughs) Nissan Altima, that's my brand new, that's my baby, my Nissan Altima, a a Honda Civic. that's That's my four cylinder Honda Civic. I'm missing four other cylinders. I heard that somewhere. Thank you, Red, you know? I'm missing my new car, I'm missing my reliability, I'm missing everything. Why are you taking it from me? I haven't even trained it yet. Get out of my car! Get away from the door! I have it locked for a reason. The donkey's tied up. The Lord needs it. Oh, you're good then. Take it. Have fun. Would you be willing to say that about your personal property? Sometimes I wonder... If we're willing to let go of our personal property, the things that mean the most to us, the things that cost the most, the things that are our transportation, the things that that we live in, if we're willing to let go of those things so God can do more work rather than less work, so he can still fulfill the prophecy of him coming back, or does he have to take it back? Why are you untieing my quote? 34 says, And the disciples simply replied, Four words! The Lord needs it. The Lord needs it was the key that they needed to drive off on that donkey. The Lord needs it was the, the reason that those, that one owner needed to let it go. If the Lord needs it, would you let it go? If the Lord needs it, would you let it go? If the Lord's like, I need your, your tongue, I need your mouth, would you let it go and let him speak to somebody through it? The Lord needs your heart, would you let it go and cry with someone when you can't cry? I'm terrible at that, that's why I'm speaking to us, not you how often are we willing to let go of our own pride that should hit us in the heart but we're not even aware of our own pride to say lord i want to be challenged today so much so that when i say you are the way i literally find new ways that i can be better for you so i can be your kingdom mischief person i can go off creating a ton of mischief mis- Thank you. Chris, you're, you're renewing yourself, man. Mischief. I mean, I want to be this misfit for Jesus that's all about creating controversy for him. Not really controversy. Wrong word. I want to be the guy that's going around bringing salvation to the world. I know something you don't know. You probably do, actually. I can't be alone in that. I need others to step alongside. I want to be the person that says, you know what, Jesus Christ entered the way. He made the way so that I could have a way. Like he entered the city that week. He knew he was going to be beaten. He knew he was going to die. How many of us would walk into a situation willingly knowing we were going to die? And not even because we were in trouble, but because thousands and millions and billions of people for years and years, decades, centuries, and millennia later would need you to die for them. How many of us would die for people we don't even know? So verse 35 says, so they brought the colt to Jesus and they threw their garments over it for him to ride on. Man, the the disciples knew this guy so well that they wouldn't let him sit on a dirty colt, a dusty colt. Like, how many of us get in our car and we haven't even dusted it, right? How many of us would let Jesus sit in our car and not dust it? Everybody's going to go dust out their cars this afternoon, right? Everybody's going to start getting there. How many of y'all have leather seats? Okay, I love leather seats. I, f- I purchased a vehicle not too long ago. It's the Dodge Dakota. It doesn't have leather seats. It's the first vehicle I've purchased since my first vehicle that I purchased that hasn't had leather seats. Can I say? I love cloth seats. They don't stick to my but they're harder to dust. Wouldn't it be cool if we started getting in our car, and instead of being like, Jesus, hold on one second. Instead of just being like, oh, come on in, Jesus. We'd say, Jesus, hold on one second. We'd get out like a wet wipe or something. We'd wipe it off, get out a paper towel, dry it off, and be like, it's ready for you. When he comes in the way, the disciples prepared the donkey for him to sit on. How many of us prepare daily in our hearts or physically sometimes a place for Jesus to sit in our lives? It would be so crazy. I knew this pastor, and he literally, every day he'd walk into his office, he'd throw his coat on in the chair and be like, oh, I'm sorry, Sorry, Holy Spirit, let me make room for you. And he cleaned it off so he could physically have an example of what he's doing in his heart. I'm preparing a place for you to be in this room with me, Holy Spirit. Just like I need to prepare a place in my heart. In verse 36, it says, As he rode along, the crowd spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. When he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. They weren't praising him because of what he was about to do, they were praising him because of what he had done. This is what I was talking about earlier on today, is like, how many times are we willing to praise God for what he hasn't done yet? How many times are we willing to praise God for dying on the cross, not because of what we have done, but because of what we're about to do? We don't even know it. Lord, I'm so thankful that you're saving me from the sins I'm about to commit, and I'm so sorry for those. Right? It's hard to say sorry for something you don't even know you're going to do. But Jesus did it anyway. Before you were a thought in your mom and dad's mind, he had prepared a way for you. And it was that week, it was that week where he told his His disciples go steal that donkey where he told that those disciples to to come back with it where that donkey had never been ridden anybody ever ride a unridden donkey no you haven't (laughs) it's gonna buck it's gonna kick you're gonna fall down they don't give you much of a chance how many are professional bull riders here how about uh bareback bronc riders no I can say these things I think Chris can too because he spent a couple of couple of years up in South Dakota we actually know people from South Dakota it's crazy um th- that we each know like wow do you know this person yeah I know them oh cool <laughs> South Dakota's small um I mean literally more people in this room than there are in South Dakota um it's true isn't it uh but anyway rabbit trail not there anymore the thing is is that no it's not trust me don't go there um gets real cold in the winter uh here he is riding on an unridden donkey a donkey that would kick any one of us off its back at any given moment it wouldn't behave it would it would hardly let you on it if you could get on it in the first place it's going to buck they didn't have a cage so you could sit on it and have a rodeo it was not the first rodeo. I don't even know what I meant there. <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, this wasn't a rodeo. The donkey let Jesus ride on it. When the presence of the God is coming in and you're an unridden donkey, will you allow God to ride on your back? Will you allow him to conquer your life? Will you will you listen to him and be ready to do what he says at a without even his voice commanding you. Because the donkey did. The donkey did. Verse 38, this is what his followers were saying, and this is great, blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in hev- in highest heaven. It goes on in, in Luke nineteen thirty-nine. it says, but some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, Teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. He replied, if they kept quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. I sometimes wish you guys would shut up. That's a compliment. That's a compliment. Did you hear that if you stay quiet, the stones will cry out? Don't you guys want to join me? Like, can you shut up Ben? Because we want to hear the stones cry out. Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be amazing? And yet, here's the warning. If we're quiet, that means he's not getting his praises from his people. So even though I wish you'd be quiet sometimes, I don't actually want that. You know? We gotta praise him more. Because every year I've been alive, I've seen something. It's a trend that started to happen long before I was alive. And less and less people were praising God's name. And now we're sitting, when I was fresh out of college, they were saying that my generation was going to grow even older and become 4% of the world was going to serve the Lord out of my generation. The generation before that, 20. The generation before that, which some of you are a part of, 35. The baby boomers, a lot more. But here we are. You're looking at a generation where 4% of my generation, 4% of my, my people, my people, my people, are saying vocally, I serve the Lord. You have 4% of the people in America, in my generation, saying, Jesus, you get the praises. And it gets worse because the generations behind us are less. We're not speaking up. We're not being the mouthpiece of God. We haven't given Jesus our mouthpiece. We're we're willing to praise him for what he's done, but we're not willing to give up his name so others can know him, so others can praise him for what he's going to do. He made the way. Every year we celebrate Palm Sunday because he entered Jerusalem. For not just you and I, but for anyone ever in existence. He's the king of the universe. He's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. Before him, there is no start, and after him, there is no ending. I don't know any other way to say this other than if that's not worth sharing, I don't know what is. You know? If that's not worth giving the glory to God for... I don't know what is, but there's somebody in your life that doesn't know Jesus that needs to know him. And let me tell you, he did die for you, but he also broke down the tomb for you. Come back next week to hear more. Just kidding. Here's the thing. Jesus rebukes him and tells him, if if these people kept quiet, the stones would cry out. But it continues. It says, verse 41, it says, But as he came closer to Jerusalem and saw the city ahead, he began to weep. Don't act like you didn't know what he was getting into. How many of y'all would cry if you knew you were going to your death sentence? How many of us would cry if we knew we were on death row? Because Jesus, he was entering his death row. We don't think of it like that, do we? He was going into a week where he was going to be beaten, crucified, judged, name it, right? He was getting all of the persecution he could ever get, and he was going to be convicted and placed on death row. Now, he wouldn't spend years on there, although in his mind he knew for 33 years, this would come. Verse 42, how I wish today that you talking to the Pharisees. You of all people would understand the way to peace. He's literally walking the way to peace. And he tells them, I wish you could realize it, but now it's too late. And peace is hidden from your eyes. You ever feel like God has said, you know what? I'm going to hide this from you. Too late. did it to the Pharisees. Too late. They have a week before his crucifixions. But if, if Jesus is saying that, I have to think, even after the crucifixion, it was already too late. Is there someone in your life, man, has it been too late for them? If you're thinking about it, it probably hasn't been too late. It goes on verse 43 before long your enemies will b- rebuild ramparts against your walls and encircle you and close you in on you from every side they will crush you into the ground and your children your, and your children with you your enemies will not leave a single stone in place because you did not recognize it when God visited you because of their hard hearts and their stubbornness they did not get to see glory Their eyes had blinders. My question today is that as we we hear this scripture, as we hear the word that God's placed in front of us, do we have blinders on? Are we seeing others as lost and lonely? Are we seeing them as lost sheep? Are we seeing them as the one out of the hundred? Are we seeing them and saying, you know what, this is my life goal. I'm going to tell them every day for the rest of their lives or the rest of mine that Jesus loves them and that he's come to save them from themselves and others and that he has forgiveness on the table for any wrongdoing and that he has grace upon grace upon grace because I know in the word it says where there's more sin, there's more grace. I know that Jesus has a place at the table for them. It's not too late. There's breath in my lungs. There's wisdom in my eyes. There's, There's a truth to be declared. But it depends on us. He's calling on you. He's put someone on your heart, and He said, Hey, this is who you are to go to. This is who you're supposed to share with, because no one is too good to share, and no one's too bad not to. God has a a plan and a purpose, and He does not put a stipulation on who's supposed to share His glory. Have we ever heard that? I had a teenager once when I was in youth ministry, he came to me and, I mean, he had mental illness, but he came to me and said, Ben, I just don't feel like I'm ever supposed to tell anyone about Jesus. And it was so precious because in that moment, I was able to say, Juan, it's okay, man, because you're wrong. You're wrong. Jesus didn't put a stipulation on who is supposed to go and who is not if you have breath in your lungs share the name of Jesus share the truth that came to conquer all because he is the way he is the only way for anybody who goes man there's all these other religions they all lead to the same place I got news for you I'm sorry but I believe there is not another way other than through Jesus Christ he is the only way he is the only way to Je- to God. He is the only way to heaven. And if you do not believe in your hearts and repent with your voice that Jesus Christ is the King of Kings and that you're a sinner, he needs to be in your life, and you invite him in, if you're not doing that, then you're not saved. Man, that was harsh. Sometimes tough love is good love. I hope that's not an excuse. But the reality is, is that as I invite Lola up, You want to give him your praise you want to enter the way you want to put down your life you want to put down your your do i dare say junk your stuff your wonderful awesome stuff if you want to put it down if you want to put down your lives if you want to give him everything if you want to say not today the rocks are not going to cry out today on my watch they're not going to wait and praise god they're not going to share the gospel on my watch i'm going to be the mouthpiece I'm going to show them the way that I believe because I followed the way. I entered Jerusalem. I went to the grave. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. Man, I had to enter Jerusalem. I had to be beaten, persecuted, rebuked, rejected. I had to be it all because Jesus was the way. And if it's good enough for him, it's more than good enough for me. I'm on it. Man. You know what I love? in the Bible, Stephen, he's a, he's a server. He's serving up food. You've heard me talk about it if you've been here for a while. He's serving up food and he's like, hey, how may I help you? Sweet, I'll get you some of that. Boom. And he's giving food, but as he's giving food, he's like, hey, I know I'm giving you bread, but how about the bread of life? His name's Jesus. He gets put into court and judged and convicted because he shared Jesus. You know what? In the middle of his stoning, As Saul, later known as Paul, stones the guy, he says the same three, the same, I don't even know, I said three, the same words Jesus said, forgive them, for they know not what they do. in my life. I hope we all sit here and go, I need that in my life, because if I'm not crying out, who will? That should be the question. We wake up. We we should wake up with a lot of things on our mind about Jesus. Like, Lord, if I don't speak up today, who will? Like, Lord, I know I'm going to make some bad decisions today. Forgive me. Help me. Direct me. How of me do you want from me? man, I, I, don't, I don't want, I don't like this feeling. I don't want this feeling. It might be a healing. Maybe maybe you're going through a struggle. Maybe it's a situation at hand, and you're like, I don't even know how to deal with it. And God's just, you got to give it to me. I don't want to, God. This is my situation. I want it. He's asking you to give up your pride so we can, Easter. I don't want to enter Easter. The same old way. Lord, I want to declare your name. But not because of what you've done, but because of who you are and what you're doing. What you're doing now, what you're going to do in the future. Lord, I want to, I want to praise your name because I know that when you entered that city, you weren't entering it in to live on this planet the rest of our lives. You are entering in to that city. To continue performing miracle after miracle after miracle through you. You're entering into that city to give us freedom. To produce freedom in in God. To do it for your Father. So Lord, I want to remember that we enter into this week. Saying, I'm willing to give it all. All of it. Because Jesus, you did that for me. I want to do it for you. So maybe that's your first time saying that. Maybe I just want to encourage you that this week will be hard. Heavenly Father, come. Forgive us of our sins. Forgive us of our debts. Forgive us of our transgressions. God, forgive us of, for everything and help us have the strength, the stability, the encouragement to face each and every battle. Because, Lord, you faced it all. Faced it all that week when you entered in. So, Lord, if you can do it, I know you have the power to get me through it. So have... Lord, I pray that you would encourage every single individual, that you would free them from the bondage therein, that you would you would cast all the demons out of their lives. Strengthen us, empower us, unify us in who you are, not who we think we should be. the graves in our lives. Help us go after you forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, God is good all the time. If you need prayer, come find me. If you need prayer, find somebody. Everybody in this church is willing to pray. We love you. God bless. Have a great week. See you next week. See you Friday.